Folks, are you concerned about American K-12 through education? Are you worried about what your children or grandchildren are learning or not learning in school? So if you've answered yes, my friends at Hillsdale College have a free resource for you. You've heard me talk about how Hillsdale College understands the importance of education to the future of our country. And now they're offering you 10 free print copies of their recent issue of Imprimus, entitled Education as a Battleground, written by Hillsdale College President Larry P. Arn. This special issue provides a factual account of the issues in the ongoing going battle over education and why parents and teachers, not bureaucrats or activists, should guide what our children learn. With Hillsdale College, you can make a difference in your community by distributing these copies of Imprimus to your community. Don't miss this opportunity to arm yourself with the facts. Claim your 10 free copies of Education as a Battleground by visiting Dana4FORHillsdale.com. That's Dana4Hillsdale.com. Act today and join the battle over education for our country's future. That's Dana4Hillsdale.com. So what you're seeing from the Department of Homeland Security is they are using the tools that, that is being presented to them uh, so that we can deal with, the, with this situation and do it in a safe and order, orderly and humane way. And that's what we're doing. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, what was it that uh, that line that Reagan said years ago? <laughs> so I'm, I'm with the federal government and I'm here to help. <laughs> this is the help you're going to give us. <laughs> no, thank you. With friends like these... No, thank you. Welcome to the Friday edition of The Dana Show. Hello, amigo. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and we're broadcasting to you from what I refer to as The Dana Show Southern Command in the Rio Grande Valley of Texas, McAllen, Texas, studios of KURV News Talk. Of course, you heard there from Corinne Jean-Pierre, that claim that the border is managed, being managed by the Biden administration, managed in a safe and orderly and humane way for, like, for whom? I mean, we've got this Biden border mess here in South Texas. We're desperately trying to turn things around. Yeah, I think she was making reference to changes in asylum policy on the ground and turn people away, force them to come to the border, force them to go through certain bureaucratic processes that I seem to recall were in place during the Trump administration. You go to a, you seek an asylum, you go to, you go through Mexico. Yeah, you, you got to seek asylum starting at that point. But either way, just more bureaucratic gobbledygook coming from the administration. I, speaking of border security or lack thereof under the Biden administration, and since I'm broadcasting to you, just like Dana does, Dana's in North Texas, and I'm broadcasting to you from the Southern Command for the Dana Show in South Texas, right on the border, where this is a daily, you know, it's a way of life for us. We're on the U.S. side. We're fine on the U.S. side. Everything's nice and safe over here. In fact, I got a local mayor saying, yeah, one of the safest, look at the crime report, one of the safest places in the country. Yeah, give it to the Chamber of Commerce so that you can sell it nationwide. That's true. We're on blessed soil, U.S. of A. Hey, we got 911. They don't have nine Juan Juan south of the border. That's all they have is a nine Juan Juans. And all the, they're all cartel guys running around r- ruling Mexico. But we're in first world down here. And we're trying. Well, I say we. Well, Austin. And namely, top leadership. You know, Governor Greg Abbott and Dan Patrick, Lieutenant Governor, and uh, House leadership. All, a lot of politicians in Texas, namely the governor who sets the tone on the vision for Texas. He's trying. I, I'm going to, hopefully later this hour, let me see. Yeah, it'll probably be this hour, maybe next hour. But I, I want to share with you some comments from Governor Greg Abbott. 
I spoke with him a couple of days back because, uh, um, like last week, he had the State of the State address, was talking about you know, what you expect from the governor, talking about economic development issues and the legislature in Texas, which meets every two years. Here in Texas, we do things different. You guys tuning in in California, uh, up northeast, uh, I, I would imagine that in lefty states like New York and Massachusetts, and all that, I suspect you guys probably have a state legislature that's running 24-7 all year round because you can't get enough laws, you can't get enough government to tell you what to do. And in California, they do that up northeast, you guys. But, but here in Texas, we meet every two years. So we, well, we, the politicians, our politicians, they try to draw up a budget. And it, within that budget, for the past several cycles, every two-year cycle, they've been sending about 800 so, or so million dollars for, you know, air quotes now, border security, Texas style, getting DPS down on the border, trying to arrest individuals that go through ranch land, private property, arresting some of these individuals. Yeah, illegals arresting, finding who the criminals are, uh, deporting them, arresting, maybe if they were, had a warrant somewhere, send them to that state, put them in jail, then kicking them out. And they have a, the governor commented, and I, asked, I did a follow-up with the governor, because during a State of the State speech, he addressed border security when he joined on air on my program. I brought back the whole security thing. There's, there's two issues, and, and I'm, I'm going to play that audio later in the show. Yeah, I'll do it this hour. I'll do it this hour. Around 40-ish, 38, 39, 40-ish. So there's two issues that, for me, we need to follow. I say we in media... And I do not expect the corporate media to do the proper follow-up on this and put the cameras on there because they've had plenty of time. And the governor has been rather vocal about this, kicking people out Texas style. Yeah, state authorities, you know, pushing back and all these people saying, well, immigration is a federal issue and it should be done by the federal government only. No. They're crossing into ranch land. They're violating the Texas law. Some of these people are criminals. And Governor Abbott, Governor Abbott says that they, they Texas authorities, DPS, they've been kicking people out of the country. Texas authorities. They don't cross into Mexico. They go to, he, the governor says they go as far as they can before they reach Mexico. Because, you know, the Keystone Cops south of the border in Mexico. All of a sudden, you watch them. If we were to get some DPS dudes and dudettes with a group of, you know, let's say a dozen illegals and go south into Reynosa, Mexico, or Matamotos, Matamotos, Mexico, and drop them off, you know who they would arrest? The Mexican, you know, the Keystone cops, the so-called cops, you know, the so-called authorities, the law in Mexico. All these people on the take from the cartels run by the criminal element because the cartels are the real law in Mexico. All these Keystone cops, all of a sudden, they would arrest the Texas DPS. They'd, they would arrest our people. All of a sudden, they'd kick in. Oh, now, and try to make big stink of it. Messing with Mexican sovereignty. I can, I can just see the headlines. Well, we don't want that nasty mess. And I, I understand what the governor's saying. But we can go, you know, international bridges. If you don't know this, international bridges, we got, man, we got like eight or nine of them here in deep south Texas. We got more in Laredo, we got all the way to San Diego, California, all over the, all these international bridges. The halfway point of the bridge is where the U.S. becomes Mexico. Mexico becomes the U.S. back and forth, right? The halfway point. I, I just, I followed up on, on the governor and said, look, are, are, we, are we taking these people halfway down the bridge and saying, go over there, like point to Mexico. Bye, go over there. I don't know 
Governor says yes. And as far as the the cartels being um, declared or classified as terrorists, the governor already did that. I follow up on that. Governor says, yeah, I did that already. But I, like what? what? How does this have teeth to it? How, how, how are the cartels hurting? Because you declare something, someone, a group, a group of terrorists or individual terrorists, aren't assets supposed to be seized? Aren't shell companies supposed to be taken down? Bank accounts, aren't they supposed to be seized? No fly list? Oh, maybe all that is just a federal thing. But either way, I mentioned this, and I'll share that audio with you, because I want to put out, and Dana, Chris, Kane, you guys, I love you. Thank you for allowing us a chance to speak to our family across the country. I've, look, I want to put out a call to action. And I do not expect the leftist-minded, clueless, like even one of them is clueless news network, CNN. I don't expect any of them to do any journalism. You know, the ones with the deep budgets, the one that can put cameras all over the place, can follow the DPS buses to see if they're actually kicking people out, to investigate what does it mean? What does it mean that cartel members have been declared terrorists? Which, by the way, just sidebar mentioned, thank you to the various Sheriff's associations, like, like about a half dozen of them, sent out a letter to Joe Biden. Another you know, strongly worded letter. Saying they, they want two specific cartels in, in Mexico, the ones that traffic 80% of the super deadly fentanyl that has led to the death of over 100,000 Americans. They want those cartels to be declared as terrorists by Washington and do something about it. Go after their as They live on the U.S. side, amigo. I'm probably taking some of y'all to school. Local police, local DPS, local sheriff's office, working in conjunction with federal authorities, com- commanders and lieutenants and, like, the chiefs of the local cartel posses. They, they send their children to American schools. They live on the U.S. side. They live in first world U.S. of A., while the foot soldiers are the ones that are engaging in gun battles just south of the river almost on a daily basis. They know where they are. Arrest them. Seize their assets. We'll get this various sheriff's organizations asking Joe Biden, hey, wake up, declare them as terrorists. Do something about it. Either way, that's something you should look into. Meantime, I'll share audio from Greg Abbott a little later in the show. And um, I'm hoping that enterprising so-called conservative, I guess they, they're called conservative media or conservative podcasters because they do the journalism work that the left media doesn't. So, okay, fine. Like my friend Sarah Carter or Breitbart, you guys over at Breitbart, Punchy, you guys over there. Why don't you, um, let's see if the illegals are being sent back to Mexico, as the governor says. And, and let's see what happened as a result of the Texas declaration that these cartels are terrorists. That's coming up later in the program. I, I want to share something that broke my heart when I read this uh, this was in some write-ups, and it was Baltimore, the Baltimore public school system got a failing grade, and folks up in Baltimore, Maryland, man, I'm, this is so wrong. This is, uh, they, well, at least up in Maryland, in Baltimore specifically, the the teachers' unions, many of the teachers the politicians, the bureaucrats, the voters who keep voting stupidly for school leadership. And 
this is, I think that if you were to open up the um, the dictionary, just look for insanity, you'd see Baltimore public school system. They keep doing the same darn thing. Nothing ever changes. Baltimore public school system, failing grade, the city reported zero students in 23 different schools in their Baltimore public school system, zero students in 23 schools proficient in math. That is beyond embarrassing. Baltimore public school system boasted a $1.6 billion budget a couple of years ago. The average cost came out to over $21,000 per student. And I know many other parts. I know family here in Texas listening here in South Texas and in North Texas up in Dallas where Dan is at. What? $21,000? We need to do all sorts of sorts of contortions and maneuvers to try to get just $13,000 from the state of Texas. $21,000 per student in Baltimore to produce zero math proficiency, not a single student, zero proficiency in 23 different schools when it comes to math. God help them with everything else. I mentioned them because I want to give you a heads up that not all school districts are this awful, and, and it's up to folks in Maryland to fix this. Whenever they decide to get off their butts and go vote differently and take over their schools, take over the curriculum, provide themselves some competition, some charter schools, maybe some vouchers, inject some competition, push back against the teachers' unions that are literally killing Lord knows how many thousands of kids and their futures. There's no hope. There's no future for these kids. They're unemployable. It's amazing. Not all of them are this bad. Here, here in Texas, South Texas, I, I, I send kudos. National, on national radio, I send kudos to my family over at Edinburgh Schools. They're one of several school districts. They, they, I've been with them on the radio here in South Texas talking about a 100,000-square-foot facility that is, you know, for all these kids that are not going to college, they're making sure that these babies, these kiddos, they go to four years from, from, from freshmen. They go for four years, go to a Korean technology school to learn all sorts of different skills, whether it's fixing HVAC systems, air conditioners, become electricians, become plumbers, learn construction, welding, and the new stuff like social media, information technology, all that stuff. Yes, and, you know, I, you know all the um, culinary arts and cosmetology things. Give American babies. They all have the capacity. Kids, all of them are intelligent, and all of them are sponges. They sop up all this information. Give them a chance. Give them a skill so that they can provide for themselves and any kids they bring into society. Baltimore, my goodness, if you guys don't change things near future, we can't. You, you have to up in Baltimore. Baltimore is just an example of many areas of the country. You guys need to want that change and put into place that change for your future. I'm Sergio Sanchez. You're listening to The Dana Show. We're broadcasting from South Texas, her Southern Command in McAllen, Texas. So Valentine's Day may be over, but the need to say I love you is never over. You can say I love you over and over again with a meat subscription from Good Ranchers. Over 85% of grass-fed beef sold in stores is imported from overseas. That doesn't say I love you. What does say I love you is 100% American hand-trimmed steakhouse quality meat and seafood delivered right to your door. Right now, use Codena to get $30 off when you order any box from Good Ranchers. Ditch the usual gifts and say I love you 
you with a subscription to American Meat instead. Snag your $30 off with Myco Dana at GoodRanchers.com today. With the 100% satisfaction guarantee, you can count on your monthly delivery of meat to always deliver the quality a great gift needs. Forget flour deliveries. Set up an easy, affordable, and delicious subscription to American Meat. Deliver today by GoodRanchers.com and save $30 with code Dana. Say you're the best with the best meat in America from GoodRanchers.com. Good Ranchers, American Meat, delivered. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. It's in my headline stack for today. Dana, I know she was waxing eloquently about this. And it deserves to be repeated. Because as many times as top of the hour news and all networks talked about masking requirements and state and going to court, fighting masking, mask requirements for public schools, you need to know and you need to tell your friends, there's a new study that says there is no evidence mask mandates did anything beneficial all during the COVID season anywhere in the world comprehensive study by Oxford University concluded there there's just no evidence they made masks made any difference during the pandemic authors and the policymakers behind the mandates were convinced by flawed observational studies you don't say huh but follow the science follow the science I'm Sergio Sanchez this is the Dana show broadcasting from South Texas if you're a regular listener, then you've heard me talk about Keltec and all the reasons why they're one of my personal favorites when it comes to firearms. Privately owned family company, Keltec has been making one of a kind American made firearms since 1995. Driven by creativity, Keltec doesn't just copy other weapons on the market, they innovate new ones, including the new P50. The P50 platform is based around a 50-round double-stack magazine which lays horizontally along the top of the grip. The 5.7 cartridge comes in several variants, from sporting, hunting, to personal defense, and with how easy it handles its smooth shooting, because it's well-balanced and thus accurate. You can definitely see Keltec's reliability and quality at work. The P50 is fun on the range, but it's also great for serious home protection. To find out more about the P50 and all other Keltec weapons, and products, check out keltechweapons.com. That's K E L T E C weapons.com. Keltech, creating innovative quality firearms to help secure your world. Keltechweapons.com. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. On the list of family to me, I said, My Divine Nine family. And there were people looking at each other, what's Divine Nine? And I thought to myself, you about to find out. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. But there you go. Um, every time, look, sorry you had to hear Kamala's voice. I, I, I served it up. It's my fault I served it up. I asked Steve to serve it up. But that cackling, that you know, if Kamala ever runs for president, and this would be for the Democrat, because Joe Biden doesn't run for president, and Governor Goodhair Gavin Newsom decides to go for it with you know, and you don't be surprised if if Joe, if Sleepy Joe finally says, you know, I need a nap. I, I said I'm tired. I I can't even walk up a flight of steps correctly. And let's say Doctor Jill Biden. Uh, finally does America a favor, does us a solid, and, and tells Joe, you know, Joe, just stay home. Let everybody else just duke out. Duke it out. Uh, let's just go home. Let's go. Let's travel the world. Do the speaking circuit. 
Yeah, don't be surprised. It's going to be Governor Goodhair Gavin from California. You know Kamala's going to be in the middle. Uh, you've got Beto, Beto, Beto. Yeah, Robert Francis O'Rourke, fake Mexican, Beto O'Rourke. He's, you know he's running about to, he ain't doing anything else. He's probably on salary at some college right now, not even teaching classes. He's some honorary professor, probably not even doing research for them, earning his keep. I suspect that. I don't know where the hell he is right now. He's probably just waiting his time to announce he's running for president, waiting for Joe Biden to stay home. Oh, let me reintroduce myself. This is the Dana Show. I'm in for my buddy Dana. I'm Sergio Sanchez. We're broadcasting the Dana Show from South Texas. So I served up this audio from Kamala. And she's talking about something called the Divine Nine. I, I don't know what that is. I know you don't know, unless you guys went to college, unless you're African-American, unless you're black, and you were in a fraternity or sorority, you have no idea what she's talking about. And, of course, right now, in the month of February, is uh, African-American you know, Black History Month in our country. So they've been featuring all the channels. You see it in all the cable channels, all the satellite TV channels. They've been emphasizing movies and music and the arts and uh, contributions from our African-American black family in this country. So she was probably out there talking about, at some event that has to do with African-American Black History Month, they asked her about the Divine Nine. And, but the, that cackle, that if it's... All, in my opinion, all Governor Goodhair Gavin has to do, or or Beto, or an underling of Beto's, or whoever's running. I, I haven't heard one little audio cut this morning. I was trying to tra track it down. They say Folkahanis, Elizabeth Warren, that she might be running for, for president. He's just, just chomping at, at the bit, just hoping to run for president. One of them. All they need to do, I'm convinced, just get 30 seconds, put it in a loop. Just Kamala, La Mala, as we call her around here. Go, go, you know, dust off your Spanish dictionary. Kamala, La Mala. All they need to do is put 30 seconds. That's it. Oh, you'll drive them nuts. They won't vote for her. She'll go back to 1%, you know, on, on polling, Democrat polling. And more than likely, good here, Gavin. Probably get the nomination. Anyway, just a little bit of political advice from someone who's not in your camp, on the leftist camp here in South Texas. Uh, coming up in just, let's see, like uh, two, three minutes, I'm going to share some audio from Governor Abbott here in South Texas talking about border security. A couple of things I, I believe we need some follow-up on. And I'm hoping that some enterprising real journalists, hello, Breitbart, hello, Sarah Carter, hello, uh, do, I, do I call... Project Veritas, Project Veritas. Do I, do I call them again or no? They're, we, know, we don't like them anymore. I don't know. Somebody needs to, because I'm not expecting corporate media to do a follow-up on this. Are, are, is Texas really kicking out illegal immigrants? Are we actually doing what we say we're doing, what the governor said? Uh, are the cartels being designated by Texas as terrorists? Is that having any effect, making any difference? That's coming up in a little bit. Let me share with you. Let's see here. Something I found interesting. It's a medical note that you need to know. It's from, from the University of Utah. Electronic exercise tracking devices. You need to know this. Electronic exercise tracking devices might be a problem for certain heart patients. University of Utah has the full write-up on this. They found that the so-called smart watches, so-called smart scales, 
so-called smart rings, and I'm adding the so-called into the because that's that's the way this should be written, so-called. Um, the the watches, the scales, the the smart rings, so-called, that they may interfere with pacemakers or implantable defibrillators. The researchers at at Utah they discovered that these so-called smart devices they send a slight electronic current through your body to determine mass, fat mass, muscle mass. And that, they find, might confuse some of the cardiac implantable devices like the pacemakers or the, some of these defibs that some people carry around. This news you need to know. Okay, so back to the audio I promised you from Governor Greg Abbott of Texas. Had a long conversation because he did the state, of, uh, the state of Texas a few days back. He came on my show, the Sergio Show a few days back. And, but immigration, of course, as you can imagine, being here on the U.S.-Mexican border, immigration is top of mind all the time. The governor has to remind people across the state about the problem. Yeah, the, the governor of Texas has to remind the nation about the mess that we're in, thanks to Joe Biden. He's sending buses up northeast into so-called sanctuary cities and, and states. So let me share a little bit of the audio, because I think we have ourselves a new call to action, a follow-up. We need to make sure that we're getting the job done in Texas. Go ahead, Steve. Biden has completely abandoned the border. Uh, we have to step up and uh, continue what we're doing to try to uh, do the state's part to secure the border. And then also, um, I mentioned something that's just a horrific challenge that we have in our state right now, uh, and that is the deadly fentanyl coming across the border. The Texas uh, uh, Department of Public Safety they have seized enough fentanyl to kill every man, woman, and child in the entire United States of America. And I had with me at the state, of the state address uh, a mom who lost a daughter uh, in her prime uh, because she took just one pill that killed her yeah. because that pill had laced onto it fentanyl by the drug cartels. And one thing I want to do is to uh, reclassify uh, fentanyl overdoses as fentanyl poisonings uh, and make it a murder charge okay. for, for anyone who, who sells or traffics uh, a fentanyl pill that kills somebody. Governor Greg Abbott, my guest, on the issue of illicit drugs, cartels classified as terrorists. Some say it's time and we need to go after all the shell companies and businesses that they have anywhere, everywhere in Texas, seize the bank assets. We know where they live. Police who do monitoring for years, they know where the lieutenants and the generals live in first world luxury the United States. They send their children to Texas schools. We know where they live. Classify them as terrorists. Name them. Go after them. What do you say, Governor? I've already done it. Uh, I'm the only governor in the history of America uh, to ever classify any foreign entity uh, as a terrorist organization. Uh, and I did this months ago, and we're using the tools that are available to the Texas Department of Public Safety uh, to make sure we do exactly what you're talking about, uh, and that is go after every single one of their assets uh, to put them out of business. Uh, we, we have a singular goal, uh, and that is to uh, put the cartels out of business. And to assist us in that goal, uh, since I last talked to you, uh, I've done something else that no other governor has ever done, and that is I, I have created a position of the Texas border czar, yeah. and he served in he served in the border patrol uh, as a leader uh, for more than twenty years, and he brings his uh, high level of expertise that will help us uh, accomplish that mission uh, of going uh, out and disrupting uh, the cartels as much as we possibly can. Yeah, I guess we need some backup from federal agencies on this because if they were truly classified as terrorists, 
at the federal level, these terrorists would be on the no-fly list right now because then they would be terrorists. But that's that's a federal thing. Governor Greg Abbott uh, joining us right now. This border czar, Governor, you know, I mentioned last time when we had this uh, border czar in the news, I just floated the idea. I, I know that some of these illegal entries, they break Texas law, they're being sent back to the border. But just a suggestion, I, I know there's really no appetite to send a bus full of illegal south into Reynosa or in Tamatamoros because then we're afraid that the Mexican authorities will finally be authorities and arrest our people instead of terrorists down there. But we could go halfway down the bridge, open up the bus and say, walk that way. Something as simple as that. What do you think, Governor? Well, that is actually what we're doing. So we Really? Going halfway uh, down the bridge? My, yep. Uh, under, under my executive order that I issued, this is like months ago, the Texas Department of Public Safety, when, when they apprehend people, they take them uh, as, as far as they can without crossing the border. And, and to be clear for your audience, the reason why we do not allow DPS to cross the border when they return somebody uh, that they've apprehended uh, is because once they step across that borderline, uh, they are subject to being shot. They're subject to being arrested. There's, and and uh, AMLO, he's on the warpath against me, and he, he would do whatever he could. Uh, to try to harm or injure or jail uh, our officers. Yeah. Uh, but we take them right right up to the precipice well, uh, of going right across the border and dropping them off and saying, uh, don't come back, otherwise we're going to arrest you uh, again. Uh, but more than that, I, I think, you know, we talked about this a while back. A lot of people have forgotten about it. Whenever we arrest these people, uh, the, b- before returning them to the border, we, we check out the criminal records and things like that. And uh, if they have a criminal record or if we have some other reason to jail them, uh, we don't return them to the border. We put them in a jail here uh, in the state of Texas. The Texas Department of Public Safety, they have arrested more than 25,000 criminals uh, and put them behind bars. But, Sergio, there's something else that we're doing that, that people need to understand, and that is what the National Guard does. Uh, they repel and turn back. Uh, these illegal immigrants, before they even make it across the border. Uh, more than 35,000 uh, people who have been trying to get across the border illegally. Uh, the National Guard is there to say, yeah. nope, sorry, you cannot come yeah. across the border All right. uh, and push them back. You know what's so sad about this, Governor? If that's the case, not a single media outlet, Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, border TV outlet, not a single one is providing video news coverage to any of these people being returned. I'd recommend, at least from your office, your press office, DPS and the Rangers, the media people take those cameras and post on social media for the world to see that illegals are being returned to Mexico by the state of Texas, because no one in press is doing that, Governor. And I think it's, it's pathetic if that's what's taking place on a regular basis. Well, but, for one, you, you're, you're kind of right. Fox News has, has shown it some, uh, especially when, what, uh, when there was a long line of people trying to get into El Paso. Fox News showed uh, the National Guard went in there and completely disrupted that. Uh, and so no, no more. Uh, you're not coming uh, in across the border right here anymore. Uh, but that said, listen, we, we have a problem in this country, uh, and that is uh, the mainstream media, uh, they, they want to pretend this doesn't even exist. Uh, they want to pretend that Biden is securing the border and there's no problem on the border, just like the Biden administration wants to pretend there's no problem on the border. Yeah. And listen, we we, we got to go back and remember this, and people should never forget what I'm about to say. And that is three years ago, uh, we had the lowest number of border crossings in decades. Uh, and it, it didn't take long under Joe Biden uh, to eliminate 
all of the policies that Trump put in place that led to the lowest border crossings, and now we have the highest border crossings ever. And so this, this is, you know, the, the border has always been an issue, but it has never been this big of an issue because we've never had a president as incompetent, uh, as anti-American uh, as this president. The reason why I say anti-American is uh, think of all the money. That, that Joe Biden is spending in the Ukraine and other places across the entire world, if he, if he uh, spent a fraction of that money on our own border, think how much more secure our country would be. we got a president who needs to refocus his attention on protecting uh, his own country as opposed to worrying about other countries. Agreed. It's called America First. Still busing illegals? Texas still busing illegals up to sanctuary cities uh, or states? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. We we're we're constantly right. work, working on that. And, and, cause, but it, it, and, the, and the goal here, again, is to relieve these local communities. What happens is uh, that Border Patrol, when they apprehend all these people uh, and process them, et cetera, uh, they will dump them off in the small little communities that have no capability uh, of dealing with these large number of migrants. Uh, and, and so uh, we're helping them out and, and sending them elsewhere. And, you know, since the last time I talked to you, something new has happened. You know, we... Uh, one location they're being sent to uh, is New York, and, and you know New York mayor complained about it, yada yada, uh, and and now what is he doing? Uh, he's busing people from New York to Canada. The irony of it all, my goodness! Yeah, I tell you what, if we, I'm convinced that if we were to see on social media video of Texas authorities, DPS, you know Steve McCraw's people, DPS actually busing to the bridge line, all the way to the bridge line, telling people, okay, folks, come on down, walk that way toward Mexico, walk back. I think we saw a video of that, and you're not going to get it. I'm, you're not going to get it from the major dinosaur network affiliates in Dallas, Houston, and San Antonio, although I do welcome that. If they were to do that, I would welcome that. We have plenty of video of caravans. We got a lot of video of people being bussed to New York and, you know, Washington and other places. You know, illegals. Mar- Martha's Vineyard. We have plenty, but we have no video that I think would light up social media, would be shared a billion times. And I think the state of Texas should go get it. Just a suggestion. If local, if Texas reporters are not going to embed with DPS to show video of people being kicked back into Mexico, I think the DPS and the Rangers and all your media people that are on the payroll with the state of Texas, you guys take cameras. You guys own the video on YouTube and Twitter and all social media. Let the, let the state of Texas own it. Hey, you can monetize it. Hey, look at that. We're making money with all the things that are being shared. We can pay for the bus tickets for all the other illegals being sent up northeast. Just a suggestion. I'm Sergio Sanchez. You're listening to The Dana Show from South Texas. Black Rifle Coffee Company set out on a mission to make the best cup of coffee that's ever hit your mug. And I think they've hit that mission straight on. Their dream has been to sell enough premium coffee to build a support network for veterans, first responders, and law enforcement. And thanks to your support, that dream has come true. Black Rifle Coffee is roasted by a veteran-led team of brilliant coffee graders who work tirelessly to roast and bag the highest quality coffee here in America. And the coffee is truly one of a kind and my favorite. Your support has helped Black Rifle Coffee Company expand their team of active duty service members, veterans, and veteran family members. And they were able to donate over 120,000 bags of coffee to veterans and first responders in 2022. Visit blackriflecoffee.com Dana and use my code Dana at 
checkout for 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. That's blackriflecoffee.com slash Dana. Use code Dana and also look for Black Rifle Coffee in grocery and convenience stores. Black Rifle Coffee, America's coffee. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. Broadcasting from her Southern Command, the Dana Show Southern Command. That is the RGV at Texas. My name is Sergio Sanchez. It's an honor that you tune in. Hey, stick around. Got more great information, stuff you need to know today. And don't forget online producer Steve. He condenses all this audio, all these interviews, and all, all this news. The podcast. Look for it on all different platforms, the Dana Show podcast. And uh, if you want to say hi online, it's Sergio at KURV.com. That's my email. Twitter thing at Sergio Talk. You're listening to The Dana Show from her Southern Command in South Texas. Was it a mistake not to come here sooner? What I tried to do was balance two things. My desire to be involved and engaged and on the ground, which is uh, uh, how I am uh, generally wired to act, and my desire to follow the norm of transportation secretaries, allowing NTSB to really uh, lead the initial stages of the public-facing work. Uh, yeah, you recognize that voice as beat um, beat booty judge. Yeah, it's called the Internet Secretary, Mr. Secretary. <clears throat> Tweet it, man. Like, at the outset. I don't know, maybe first... 24, 48. Do the, the standard, you know, uh, prayers and thoughts thing. That that probably would have covered your butt for a few days. You know, transportation secretary, my thoughts and prayers. Or maybe that's the problem, dude. You don't think? And least of all, pray. <laughs> secretary, transportation secretary, beep, beep, booty judge. You're having to answer why, hey, dude, where you been? It's like, these are rail lines. Man, what a mess. What a mess in Ohio. Hey, welcome to Hour 2 of the Dana Show. I am Sergio Sanchez, and I'm broadcasting from the Dana Show Southern Command in the RGV of Texas. It's it's an honor to be with you today. Man, we've got a lot of information to share with you, including, of course, year one of the Vladimir Putin war on Ukraine, going in there and making a mess of things, all these people dead, people running for the hills. I know there's a certain degree of fatigue with the headlines. I hear it. I, I feel it, man. I, I get frustrated with all the billions upon billions of of funding for the Ukrainians. And, and then, yeah, what about what about our veterans? And what about needs here in the country? And, you know, if you're going to send a dollar over here, how about two bucks over here? You know how it is when you're sharing cookies? Like, like one for you, two for me. I think that probably would be a better perspective Uh on how to fund things, especially this war. Yes, I don't want Vladimir Putin to win. Trust me, I don't. But I think we can walk and chew gum at the same time. But we, we need to be able to you know, take care of stuff here at home first. It's everything that's on its ear right now. Don't lose sight of the people that you can help. And I had a conversation with somebody who's on the front lines of helping all these families who ran, ran from war and who are sheltered, hunkered down in the war, near the battlefield. One of the Christian ministries on the front lines with you know, some of their experiences and how folks in Ukraine are holding up one year after. I mean, if you recall some of the original news reports, I don't think that they were supposed to last this long, right? We didn't know how 
poorly trained, poorly equipped, the Russians, a.k.a., you know, the, the Soviet bear. That Soviet bear is a toothless. We found out it's mostly a toothless bear. I mean, that's that's the former Soviet, that's the Russian military that we feared for, for so long. And they still got nukes. I'm kind of afraid of those. And they still got good rocket technology, too. But the Russians, they just don't have their heart in it. And, and I don't blame them. But uh, we've discovered so much in this year. And that's that's why, in part, because that, that is a toothless bear. The Ukrainians have put up a, a good fight. But there's there's fatigue and Please don't get tired of helping people. And there are many, many people on the front lines. They have dozens upon dozens, if not combined with you know, Samaritan's Purse and the Red Cross and all these other people. There are literally hundreds of camps and tents and churches and ministries out there helping people that are hurting as a result of this war. And that conversation is coming up later this hour on the program. This uh, whole thing in Ohio that, you know, beep, beep. Booty Judge over in East Palestine, there in Ohio, that that the soil that has been poisoned and the water that has been poisoned, but the soil that will continue to seep into the nearby creeks and the wells that are nearby, ah, what a mess, what disgusting mess. And yes, I know that the rail line is handing out checks. I hope they're not handing out checks with one of those little legal disclaimers where you take this amount of cash but that you can't sue us anymore. Hell no, I wouldn't take any cash from you. There's a lot that needs to be resolved. And Pete Booty Judge, if this dude had any aspirations, and you know he does, I mean, he's he's a a small-town mayor that couldn't get elected to higher office for many things. Part of that is because politically he's a small-town mayor. (laughs) At the national level, he probably couldn't get elected, but he just happens to show up at a time well, the Democrat Party is obsessed beyond any point of being satiated. They're completely upset the Democrats are from you know, virtual signaling and trying to check the box of all these different subgroups and special interest groups and, and all these demographics that they need to meet. LGBT, minorities, Latinos, blacks, whatever, just women. All It's like that's... That's the qualification, right? Hey, you gay? Okay, here's the transportation uh, secretary job. Uh, you black? Okay, here's here's some. You got women? Hey, anybody? Women? Okay, we're gonna fill out all these positions. Forget qualifications. Forget work experience. This dude has no work experience whatsoever when it comes to transportation stuff. I don't blame him. I want to hide. It's like I'm getting all these questions. Rail? What? How do you? How do you couple? How do you? put these things together like these trains how do they run how do you couple them all these things together uh well let me explain the basics on connections okay well that doesn't work this dude doesn't know anything about transportation he's learning on the job and really don't want to be at the federal level it's such an important position you don't want to be learning on the job but this dude had any aspirations for for higher office Maybe he'd go back home and maybe run for Congress. I don't think he'd win at the local level. I think it's just too many conservatives where he's run. But this dude might be a vice presidential candidate for the Democrats. He might run for president again. But this is what's happening right now in East Palestine. 
is more than Joe Biden's Katrina moment, which it is. I, I think it's part, of, but it really doesn't matter because I don't. I really don't think Joe Biden's going to run again. That's just me. I, I just I see the man and he's so weak. I don't see how. Please explain to me. And I, you want to say hi online? It's Sergio at KURV.com or at Sergio Talk on Twitter. How's Joe Biden going to make it the next two years? As frail as he sounds, as he walks, his posture, his his gait, the way he walks, the his. Constantly bumbling words and tripping over stairs. That's him right now. Imagine in another 24 months. In an, imagine another six years of that. Dude, that dude ain't going to make it. He needs to retire. He needs to relax. Enjoy his golden years with Dr. Jill. And go visit all the hospitals that she worked at. All the, oh, that's right. Go visit uh, the university where she got her, her education PhD. That dude needs to retire. And if, if, if Pete Pete Booty Judge wanted to run, yeah, this... It's Pete Buttigieg, Katrina moment. They won't forget. And as I said last hour, in case you tuned in, and if you didn't, listen to the Dana Show podcast. All three hours condensed into about an hour, 45 minutes. I, I, this, the Dana Show, because she's my friend, and it's so chock full of information. That's one of the shows I constantly check. I listen to the podcast, especially on the weekend when I'm cleaning my boys' little medical equipment. I listen to that and other shows. But, I, you know, this is... This is Pete Booty Judge, Katrina moment. People won't forget. And I said last hour in the previous audio on Kamala Harris, all you need to take is 30 seconds of loop audio of her laughter. That's all you need, 30 seconds. And ask, seriously, you want her to be president? That's all you need. And you'd, you'd knock her out in the primary. With Pete Booty Judge, just ask questions. Where's, where's Mr. Secretary? Oh, I don't know. Maybe he's delivering coffee. Mr. Secretary's delivering coffee to Joe Biden. I don't know what he's doing right now. The, the Secretary of Transportation. This is a rail system. And this is a very complicated mess. It's almost like a super fun site, if you think about it. All the dirt that needs to be raised and buried, I don't know, somewhere. They, they need all these folks who are uh, experts when it comes to all this land and where the water seeps to, the wells and Make sure to make some of those off-limit. Uh, there's only so much topsoil that you can dig out, but all this poisonous, lethal um, crud is everywhere. You know, that rail line where those eight cars went off and spilled all that stuff, and then they ignited all this uh, plasticky fuel stuff? Those rail lines they fixed in no time. They're running. I heard a news report. They're running rail again almost in no time. They're running rail again on that. There's a lot of dirt. There's a lot of soil that needs to be removed there. It's very complicated. It's almost like a super fun thing. And Pete Booty Judge was late to the show. It's his show. Yes, the National Transportation Safety Board and blah, 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 all that stuff. This is in your part of the field. The ball dropped in front of you. It's time to pick up and play ball. It's right in front of you. And he, he failed on this. Pete Buttigieg has no future running for president because of this. And, and his Democrat opponents will never let him forget it. To the border now. Arizona this time. Steve-O, cut 14, Jim Jordan. It's a shame that not one Democrat member of Congress would join us on this trip despite having weeks of advance notice. Yeah. It's disappointing, but it's not surprising. In fact, the Democrats have called this a stunt. I would argue it's not a stunt, not, but not what we've, my guess is our witnesses wouldn't call it a stunt. What we've learned today from them, what we've seen last night on the border, 
Uh, but it's disappointing they're not here. Me. The new normal, the Biden border measure. I saw this little headline yesterday. Uh, Jim Jordan's talking about a group of lawmakers, uh, Republicans, of course. Although Republicans are the only ones who give a damn about border security. Democrats, eh, it doesn't fit their narrative. Uh, I mean, Papa's not talking about, I'm sorry, Grandpa's not talking about Joe Biden. Uh, well, we're just going to ignore it. Uh, Alex Mayorkas, and, uh, you know, the Republicans went to Arizona. They were holding, uh, you know how they, they travel and hold hearings? Well, they did that in Yuma. Arizona, one of the doors, one of the entry points for drug running, uh, for people smuggling, sex trafficking, all that stuff, all the nasty stuff that every now and then gets top billing on national news. But people really, maybe it's, maybe folks are just fatigued and Democrats are just trying to capitalize in on the fatigue of the, of the border mess because they, they, they think can't, nothing can be done about it. It was the Judiciary Committee from the House. They were discussing with border people, people who have died from fentanyl being, uh, that's being smuggled across the border, sex trafficking. I, I can just imagine all the things they were talking about there. But I think part of the, and I was reflecting on this yesterday on my show, I think part of the frustration and the fatigue that exists out there is how the national press, our press, our free press, or dinosaur media, how they spoon-feed this information. I know you're busy. You're working for a living, amigo. And I appreciate you listening to The Dana Show and talk radio at the local level. You're more uh, informed than the average radio listening bears, as I like to say, because you're, you're an information head. And, and you, know, you know about these things. Your colleagues, your you know colleagues at work, your family, folks at church, I know that you probably belong to only about 10, 15, 20% of people who are informed in the community because you, you're an information hound. But as you vote, they vote as well, and they vote stupidly, and they keep voting all these idiots into office. Mostly, they're all, mostly all called Democrats. The Republicans having this judiciary committee. And let me read to you the standard copy. And this is, in my opinion, an, an, an example of when journalism, journalism misrepresentation, journalism malpractice. Here's the copy from you know, this little headline I'm going to read to you goes out to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of radio stations, TV stations all across the Fruited Plain, a beautiful country. And little meat puppets, uh, ripping readers, they'll grab this, read it top and bottom of the hour, or maybe put it as part of a bigger news package on TV, put some cool little pictures and video on it, some, some file stuff, and present it to the listening audience. And de-emphasize the importance, the tragedy that is behind Biden's border mess. Here's the news copy as it reads. House Republicans will hold a hearing near the border in Yuma, Arizona. Members of the House Judiciary Committee set to discuss what they call the Biden border crisis. What they call. Would we say the same about 9-11? Like what, let's say, the Republicans, what they call Islamic terrorism. You never heard that, did you? But yet we had 3,000-plus people die, 9-11. And we've had 100,000-plus people die as a result of fentanyl crossing the border illegally from Mexico. Where is the sense of priority? This is journalism malpractice, where they call the Biden border. Biden border crisis exists. Biden owns it. That's why we point to him as the one who's created this mess. All the death, all the mayhem. Death here and death south of the border. 20 minutes after the hour. This is the Dana Show. I'm Sergio Sanchez broadcasting from the Dana Show Southern Command in the Rio Grande Valley of Texas. 
And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. Facebook, trying to play nice so that you spend money with them, right? You heard this headline earlier this week. Facebook and their parent company, Meta. They're going to make it harder to land in Facebook jail. So Facebook saying that they're reforming their penalty system so that you will not be thrown into Facebook jail. They'll only inform you of why your post has incorrect information, but they won't punish you anymore. They won't sit you down from going live for like 30 days. Hmm, Funny how this Facebook headline comes out at a time when, oh, that's right. They want you to get the blue badge. Pay $11.99 for the internet connection. Pay $14.99 for the smartphone connection. Get the blue badge, the package for Facebook and Instagram. Hmm. Ah, yeah. Hell no. Not a single penny. Badges? I don't need no stinking blue badge from, from Facebook. I'm Sergio Sanchez. This is The Dana Show, live from South Texas. Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's chapter and verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at DanaLash.com. Uh, taxpayers have been incredibly generous, and we have to make sure that we're using their money wisely in Ukraine. Two things. First, I think viscerally, most Americans don't like to see a big country bullying another, and they just feel it's wrong and want to do something about it. I think most Americans, Tony, would say, what's in it for me? And I think you probably need to repeat that, make that case on a more regular basis. Anthony Blinken with comments on you know, all this money that actually but actually needs to be taxed um, that belongs to your grandkids and my grandkids and great-grandkids, because you know, it's all deficit spending. Money for Ukraine. Again, let me say, I, I don't want Ukraine to lose. But there's no accountability for this money going overseas. That's uh, comments from Secretary of State Tony Blinken. I'm Sergio Sanchez. This is The Dana Show. We're broadcasting from Southern Command in South Texas. Please stick around because if you've never heard of CityServe International, I'm very proud to introduce them to you. I'm, I suspect that some of y'all are likely familiar with Samaritan's Purse, right? And all the good work that they do internationally. Well, City Serve International with Samaritan's Purse, with the Red Cross, with many other folks on the ground helping directly. When you give to them, it's like you're directly helping out all these folks that have been beat up because of the war in Ukraine. And I know that now a year in, man, it seems that this war in Ukraine, this Vladimir Putin war on Ukraine, this, it seems like this thing has been going a lot, a lot longer, right? Were you surprised? Did you get that feeling when you heard this morning and, you know, the hourly news and one year after one year in comments from leaders on well, the Ukraine war, one year anniversary? Did you did you think like like I did? Where you said, really? Just barely a year? Man, this sounds like it seems like we've been talking about this like forever, right? Well, as eventually fatigue, you know, wears in, fatigue eventually takes over. And I mean, I was sick of these headlines a long time ago. I just want, I want Volodymyr Zelensky, I want him to just kick Vladimir Putin in the teeth, be done with it, and just be done with it. And and I understand all the, I try to understand, I can't say I understand completely, but I, I try to understand 
the nuance in this. Why don't you give Volodymyr Zelensky some jets? Well, you don't want some of these angry pilots going into Moscow and bombing Moscow Red Square. And, you know, then the whole thing just blows up into World War III. I, I understand. But to have an open-ended war for for de- for years, for decades, no. It's got to come to an end somewhere. Uh, we need smarter people to be sitting down with the Ukrainians on the military side helping them to be done with this already. But in the meantime, there's a human element to this. And City Surf International, Samaritan's Purse, all these other people on the ground. I, I'm, I met one of the directors for City Surf. I'm going to share that conversation with you in, in just a minute. Because uh, I, I think it's I think it's audio that you'd want to hear. I think you want to know what's going on with all these people who have been displaced and hurt by this continuing war. And you can help. Whereas our government... Under Joe Biden, Tony Blink, and all these lawmakers shoveling, shoveling, shoveling billions and billions of dollars over Ukraine. There's no accountability. I know you want accountability. There's no accountability. What? Is it what? What do you expect? Like, of the 87,000 IRS agents that have been hired, will be hired, that have been funded by this boondoggle, this piece of legislation, $1.8 trillion in new spending, deficit spending, you know, our grandkids' money. 87,000 IRSH. You think this government is going to take or create a platoon-sized contingent of IRSH and send them over to Ukraine to start auditing all the receipts, all the books, the expenditures? No. And, and I feel as powerless as you do in how you know, all this money, our, our grandkids' money is being sent overseas. But on the humanitarian side, we can do something. You know, like gone are the, gone are the days. I over almost thirty years of broadcasting. Gone are the days where I'd argue with a lawmaker, a South Texas lawmaker, and say, "Well, Serge, uh, international aid spending is only one point something percent of the federal budget." Yeah, has anybody decided to run the numbers again, do the math again on the percentage of foreign aid, international aid? Yeah, put the Ukraine numbers in there. I bet you it's twice, three time, or quadruple that. Maybe getting closer to double figures of the federal budget. Just a thought. Anyway, here's my conversation with the leader at CityServe International. Dave Donaldson is with a group called CityServe International, and on this, the one-year mark of the start of the war in Ukraine. Compliments of Vladimir Putin sending all his troops in there to Ukraine, and Man, it's been a year now of all these headlines, all this news. Seems like it's been... Dave, it seems like it's been longer than a year, doesn't it? It sure does. Right. Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, you bet. So I understand you've been there, Ukraine. You've been on the ground. Tell folks what City Serve International does, who you are, what you guys do, and tell me about your visit. Yeah, well, I've been there multiple times, including soon after the war broke out. Uh, literally thousands of Ukrainians trying to cross the border. It was a tsunami, and I gave one young young mom who was crying and trembling a fatherly hug, and she said to me, don't leave me. And oh I know, as you mentioned, this war has lingered on, uh, but we must, do, must fight off this compassion fatigue and not leave them. And that's been our battle cry. We're not leaving. We have provided transportation, evacuating women, children, the elderly. Uh, we are now providing 100,000-plus meals a day. We have... Uh, already distributed two million meals, uh, package meals, and then another million is in the pipeline. Uh, we are setting up uh, 
these sea train homes, like in Bucha, you know, where you have the mass graves. And then I think one of the most uh, compelling things that we're doing is setting up generators and churches in some of the most dark, darkest areas uh, throughout the country. City Serve International, Christian Ministry, Emergency Response. Mostly, you guys have focused mostly on helping all the evacuees, right? All the refugees. Where have you set up shop? Poland, or where where do you have tents, satellite facilities? Yeah, we have uh, that set up in Warsaw, Moldova, but also all through uh, Ukraine. We have warehouses, and as you mentioned, a fleet of trucks and vans. And so that has really worked out well. Uh, we're able to evacuate, but at the same time move product, emergency supplies around. And so we have these warehouse hubs that we serve pods, and those are churches. We're working with 1,800 churches in Ukraine, wow. so we have uh, a lot of boots on the ground. It's quite a, quite a large apparatus. Sure. And a lot of people are being helped through CityServe and our network. 10-4, yeah, that's what I want to ask. Sounds to me that the needs of, of the refugees are being met with you and other folks, colleagues, also in ministry. Who else is on the ground there? Well, let, me, let me reintroduce. Dave Donaldson is with a ministry called City Serve International. They are in Poland. They're on the ground. From the very beginning of the war, they've been on the front lines helping, as he said, the tsunami the flood of folks evacuating Ukraine and running toward higher ground, safer ground. But who else is on the ground they're helping you out? Are Samaritan's Purse Network, or are they helping you? Red Cross? Who else is on the ground helping all these human beings running from war? Yeah, there's some great organizations serving there. Samaritan's Purse, uh, my former organization, Convoy of Hope, uh, Red Cross. Before we got all of our vans and trucks in place, we were using their vehicles. And so uh, this is a, it's a collaborative effort. And I'll tell you, when you're there, this is America at its best. When you see these young women, it's heartbreaking. Young women that are now widows, children who are traumatized and hungry. You see the elderly shivering in the dark. But the good news is that this is a full-court press, and people are coming together to provide, as I mentioned, the food, shelter, and also the heat through these generators. And these generators are critical. Uh, We spent time in Kherson, and I was just there a few weeks ago. Kherson was occupied by the Russians. They left, but they were only about 15 minutes away. And while I was speaking at this church that we had lit up with generators, you could hear the bombs everywhere. And these people, though, are so resilient, fearless, and they're there uh, worshiping God, calling out to God for freedom and protection. Wow. But in the midst of all that darkness Man. in Kherson, you see this church, this literal lighthouse, lit up as a place of refuge. It's absolutely powerful. <laughs> kind of puts things into perspective, people, if today... You're having a bad day at work. These people are actually dodging bombs. My guest is Dave Donaldson, City Serve International, one of many Christian ministries on the ground helping refugees. Dave, how many? How many millions are we talking about? Families, kids, women, people who ran from Ukraine. Ballpark figure, how many millions are we talking about? Uh, over 10 million you know, that have evacuated, but there are at least 
6.97 million that are internally displaced. And so uh, it, this is, you know, this is evil you know, that has been inflicted upon these people at a grand scale. You know, many people, they want to talk about all the corruption. And I know that Ukraine, you know, was, has been corrupt. And I know the State Department's working hard on that. USAID is addressing the corruption. But that has nothing to do with these young women, these children, and the elderly. They need our help. As I mentioned, you know, we're a year into this. And if we're not careful, you know, this compassion fatigue, it's going to stop us yes, sir. from praying for them from serving them and from being generous. And I can tell you that even our donations and other great organizations, their donations are beginning to dwindle when these people need us most. Putin knows what he's doing. He is weaponizing winter by destroying their electrical grid, trying to disparate them. The other thing that we're doing, City Service doing, is we're addressing the trauma. We're going to host a trauma conference in Kiev in August. We are building, with the help of people like Willie Robertson, Duck Dynasty, a trauma center in Kiev. Can you imagine what these young women, how they're traumatized? And the military, we met with military on the front lines. Many are dealing with PTSD. They need our help, and so we are responding to their cries in a very tangible way. Seven million, almost seven million displaced inside Ukraine, and you got you have folks on the ground both outside and inside Ukraine, trying to help all these people. What do you need most? What do you need to take to them as quickly as possible? Well, we have we have the resources, the food. We have the vehicles. We have the generators. We just need the funds to continue to buy uh, the product and to move it from you know A to B, C to D, and to make sure it's getting to the people that need it most. And so, like a generator is only $5,000. Think about that. $5,000 can light up a church like there in Kherson, uh, which, as I mentioned, is a place of refuge and hope. This is all doable. As I mentioned, we have the third million meals that is going in, but that's not cheap to transport that. And so, yeah, prayer and resources, funding to keep this going. Prayer and action, and the action part of it, if you really want to help, is by supporting folks like City Serve International. Dave Donaldson is with City Serve International. Look for them online. Folks at Samaritan's Purse always doing a good job. The Red Cross is trying to help out as well. So if you want to help, get that aid directly to folks who are suffering from the war. That's the way to go. Final thought, Dave. This is our moment to not run from this wicked ruler who's destroying and subjugating his neighbor. And he's counting on us. You know, to be, uh, as I mentioned, compassion fatigue. He's counting on it. And, but uh, this is our moment. This is our moment to step up and show why America is the greatest and most compassionate country on the face of this planet. Thank you and all your folks, Dave, for answering the call. Look for them online, provide some help. City Serve International. Thank you, Dave. Really, it's the only way you and I can make a difference. City Serve International, Samaritan's Purse. If you want to do a deep dive, go see what Red Cross is doing or in that part of the world. Yeah, that's the only way is to help out these folks that are on the front lines providing aid. 
the whole taxpayer money being sent over there, your grandkids' taxpayer money being sent over there, yeah, they're not going to audit that. It ain't going to happen. But at least you can make a difference in the lives of these folks. Hey, appreciate you tuning in. This is The Dana Show. I'm Sergio Sanchez. We're broadcasting today's program from her Southern Command in South Texas. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. Appreciate you joining us today on this Friday edition, finally Friday edition of the Dana Show. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and from my friend Dana, we're broadcasting to you from South Texas, still on blessed soil in Texas, U.S. of A. We're in South Texas, right here on the border, McAllen, Texas, RGV. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and for, for Dana, you want to say hi online? It's Sergio at KURV.com or on Twitter at Sergio Talk. Hey, coming up next hour. <laughs> Why I believe Donald Trump must, absolutely Donald Trump must be the GOP nominee. And where I think everything is headed uh, if he does become the nominee. And I do hope he does become the nominee for the GOP. Meantime, let's do some Florida man, Steve-O. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. (laughs) It's time for Florida man. This story is going to be very limited. This one on a Brian Marquez, 22-year-old suspected murderer. Um, I think uh, by reading the headline pretty much says everything. Florida man confesses to killing his roommate. Cops find the roommate's foot poking out of a bloody, shallow grave. And the story has a lot of details in it. That yeah, I'm reading all this gory stuff, bloody stuff, violent stuff. The only thing I could think of was that movie that's going to hit the movie theater uh, this week, The Cocaine Bear, that they say is like gory and bloody. And, yeah, it's kind of like that, but in real life. So this dude, this Brian Marquez, 22-year-old, suspected killing his roommate for really for nothing from what I see in the report. His roommate got mad at him, threw a plate of food on the ground, and it, there were a few drinks involved, and it descended from there. My goodness. And a Florida man impersonating a general counsel of a law firm partner in a fake Epstein investigation. His name is Jonathan Gertler. Man, this dude stole probably about a million dollars from individuals, firms that were... He made up the investigation as far as this fake Epstein investigation. This was in New York. The guy's from Orlando. He's 60 years old. That's it for this hour of the Dana Show. I'm sorry. Well, please stand as she enters the room. <laughs> you can clap. It's okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I got to set the scene for it. That's. Uh, uh, I think she's the former mayor of Atlanta, Keisha Lance Bottoms, and she introduces Kamala La Mala, as I call it. Do brush brush up on your Spanish. Kamala La Mala, the bad one. She's introducing the vice president. I'm guessing this is one of those, you know, Black History Month events where they might be doing so. Anyway, so former mayor Atlanta, Keisha Lance Bonds, introducing Kamala Harris, walks in. And did you hear that? It, it sounded like, it almost sounded like booze, like 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 painful grunts <laughs> in, the, in the audience. I'm Sergio Sanchez in for my friend Dana Lash. Happy Friday to you, amigo. I appreciate you joining us today. Wow, that that's even better 
Uh, Steve, you got to play that one again, dude. That's uh, and Steve told me um, he told me on on my headphones that the the video of this is it's even is even worse. It's more cringe than the audio. Play it again, well, Keisha Lance Bottom. Yeah, yeah. Well, Go ahead, buddy. Go ahead. Stand as she enters the room. Kamala Harris, here she comes. <laughs> Are they booing? You can clap. It's okay. <laughs> oh man! Wow, that's 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 amazing. That's a Jeb Bush moment right there. Remember when he said something? Blah 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 blah. Political speak. Uh, political platitudes. I did this at the, and he said, and he he finally finished the sentence. He looked around and he said, "Please clap." I just said something good about myself. Please clap. Wow, that's even better. This one, one ups that one. You know, at the beginning of the program, <laughs> here I am, I used, uh, Dana, I'm sorry <laughs> for playing too much Kamala audio, but it's not going to help her. It, it, there's nothing she can do to help herself. It's, man, this woman, let's say Joe Biden doesn't run for president, and she does, of course, she's going to run for president, and so is Governor Goodhair. Gavin, good here, Gavin from California, and yes, Beto, 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 Robert Francis or work fake Mexican. He's going to run again. You watch all the. I mean, she's going to wind up like in single digits approval. Vice President of the United States. No one likes her. I guess she's just. Wow, I, I was, I played audio at the beginning of the program with Kamala Harris. Let me see if I can find the cut. It was. Uh, dun, 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 dun. Oh yeah, the laughter, laughing at. She was at some. I'm, I'm, and again, I'm thinking it's one of those Black History Month things. And she mentioned something about um, the Divine Nine. Of course, you don't know what the Divine. I don't know what the Divine Nine is, but she was again. I'm, th- I'm guessing because of the order. She's over at some Black History Month event with other folks, and the Divine Nine. The gist of it, it's, it's like the nine sororities. And fraternities. So, if if you went to a historically historically black college, and I suspect that they might be at other universities, you graduated. Maybe you were a member of these sororities or fraternities. To you, you know what the black uh, what the divine nine are. So, I went looking for it before the show. Oh, I don't know what this is. I better go look for it. And, and you know, you don't know what it is. I didn't know what it is. So that's what it is. She was making reference that they were family, and that she was cackling. I know when it was what it is. And uh, I went looking. And I read the names of all of them, and I went looking for Lambda, Lambda, Lambda. Man, you need to be a 1980s kid to know what that is. You need to be a fan of Revenge of the Nerds. And I'm here to report to you that Lambda, Lambda, Lambda is just something Hollywood made up. No, they're not one of the nine historically black college fraternities and, and, and sororities. They're not. Just I thought I'd communicate that to you. Uh, let's see what else is in the news today. Half of Americans want the government to focus on lowering prescription drug prices and making health care more affordable. People, please stop it. Please stop thinking, depending on the government to be the saviors for everything in your life. My goodness, we need to do a much better job in our country in teaching liberty, independence, independent-minded critical thinking in this country don't don't surrender your freedom don't give up your birthright of liberty for a bowl of lentil lentil beans lentil soups stop it 
Stop it already. But this is, you know, you know what's so sad is that we are in a, we are now accustomed. We, we want liberty. We, to a certain degree, we want our freedoms to a certain degree. We want our privacy to be respected. We want our guns and so that we can protect ourselves. And great. Uh, we want to speak freely. We want to conduct commerce freely. We'd like to retain as, as m- much of the wealth that we produced in this lifetime to pass it on to our kids. Some of y'all are even you know, a bunch of communists out there thinking, oh, whatever you worked, it belongs to me as well. That's, that's the wrong thing. See, that's, that's the, that is the mindset that we are slowly, and I would, I would argue with you that in recent time, at a faster pace, we're moving toward advocating for centralized decision-making that has never worked, heavy-handed centralized decision-making on resources, on production, on distribution, the market being controlled, industry being controlled by government. You don't see it, but when you, when you want the government to do something for you, every time I see those polls, no matter who it is, Associated Press, could be you know, Monmouth College, whoever it is, they do all these all these polls on government control of industry, government regulation of XYZ. There's a certain degree of regulation. The the role of government, and in my opinion, should be very, very small, minuscule. Police, almost regulatory, just as minimal oversight to make sure that you know that there's a camera on the wall looking at you, let's say, you know, just in general terms. You go to a store, you go visit someone's, someone's house, you know that uh, there's a Bing camera looking at you. Uh, you, there's a little sign up front that says, this home is guarded by X security, something like that. It, it really, there's, it's only a monitoring service, maybe one camera, but individuals will know that the owners have made an effort to make sure you know, that the strangers stay away and the property stays with the, with the owners. The, the, regulate, the regulatory arms of this country should be very, very small, in my opinion. And to the point where, for example, in the, in the accounting world, you know that auditors, you hear the term auditors so many times, whether they're auditing, auditing government books or auditing business books. When auditors go in, and I know this thanks to my accountant wife and you know, through the years of talking with um, local business when they do get audited, auditors from accounting firms that are not the accounting firms that do the books for the company, which should be a separation there. They go in there, they take a sample. It's like pulling data from the financials. They go in there, open up books, and take little samples of different financial reports and, and then produce the report and say, okay, looks like all the financials are good, the distribution of payments and the contracts, everything's, you know, it's, it passes the smell test, but it's it's only a small sample. That's what I do believe the government should play a role that, that you know somebody's looking over your shoulder and will come in and audit you and come in and look at what you're doing if necessary. But th- that's that's my opinion. But when you say, like half of y'all are saying, according to this Axios Ipsos poll, you want the government to come in and lower prescription drug prices. You want the government to come in and do... Something about the cost of health care in your country. What in places do you want the government to do? Well, you don't trust the government on, on one side. You poo-poo uh, you know, what the government response is in Ohio, in New Orleans, Katrina, the bungled, what, the bungled COVID response. Uh, 
Uh, follow the science. Follow the science. Like the science, it was a, a moving goalpost the whole time. Bungled response to COVID. With the government heavy-handed policy. Follow the science. Put your mask on, or else. Close your business, or else. Close the schools, or else. Completely tone-deaf bureaucrats in government. That's the same government you want to come in and do something about lowering prescription prices, lowering the price of medicine. They put their hands in it. They're going to screw everything up, screw up the pricing formula, screw up the supply of medicine, the supply of medical care. It's basic baby economics. And, and even this we don't talk about at public schools. To decrease the price of something, what do you need to do? To not force a government decrease in the price. The price is based on demand and supply. If a whole bunch of people want something, you increase the supply, right? A whole bunch of people, millions of people want flat screen, 70-inch wide flat screen television. So what does the industry, private industry, need to do? Not the government get in there and produce 70-inch screen television or slap industry and say, well, we, we know you only have a limited amount, but you need to charge only $600 for flat screen televisions that are 70 inches wide. No, the industry sees a, a, a money-making opportunity. And all these ones, all these different TV brands, you name it, they see a money-making opportunity. They compete with each other to make a better 70-inch widescreen, flat-screen uh, television, and they will increase the supply. The same rules apply for medicine. The same rules apply for medical care. More supply leads to lower price. And if the government is in the way, whether it's on the licensing side, on the regulatory approval side, on the experimentation side for medicine, if it's in the way, even when it comes to the number of, let's say, doctors that are able to go to school to get a ticket to go to some hospital and practice medicine, if the government is in the way messing with that formula, the prices will always be higher. We need more doctors. We need more medicine. That's how you get it. It's, it comes from the industry. It doesn't come from government because when the government touches it, it messes everything up. Um, the financials, your pocketbook stuff, uh, saw this report from Fidelity. New report saying retirement savers lost about a quarter. If you have a 401k account, you know this already. You've been watching the stock market take a nosedive the entire year. 401k accounts, you know, they buy a little bit of all these different stocks. Fidelity Investments saying 401k pension accounts are down almost a quarter, about 23% on average compared to the same time last year. The average dollar amount in a Fidelity account was $135,000 and now is around $104,000. And if you look at the economic performance, you look at inflation, you look at the cost of energy, and it is the cost of energy, the lifeblood of the American economy diesel specifically when it comes to those trucks that deliver everything to the market that that cost of transportation needs to be paid back to industry paid back to the truckers paid back to all these haulers whether they're sending by rail plane or they're sending by truck the cost of fuel is specifically for the truckers through the, all those orders if it's more expensive for them it's going to be more expensive for us which leads me to other conversations i've had with friends who are these eggheads that are constantly watch, watching economic stuff and, and I was telling a friend the other day, I'm expecting a, a very familiar term that has been used by the left to excuse 
the unnecessary inflation that we see in our economy. The words are new normal, new normal. There was another economic report I saw this morning. They're expecting the price of gasoline to go up to $4 a gallon of gas. No need for that. We have the energy. We have the fuel. But the government and the Biden energy policies that are not friendly to petrol, not friendly to fossil fuels, has screwed up the entire market to the point where the new normal might be north of $3 for this point on. And you wait for that. You wait for that new normal on price of fuel north of three, and new normal for inflation in our country to be around four or five percent. I, I, under this administration, I don't see inflation going back down to less than two percent, around two percent on an annual basis, just because of the price of fuel that costs more to transport everything to market. Listen for those words next campaign season, the new normal in our country. I'm Sergio Sanchez. You're listening to The Dana Show. You want to say hi online, Sergio at KURV.com or at Sergio Talk. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Moderna's skin cancer vaccine combined with Merck's drug Keytruda receiving breakthrough therapy designation. In other words, they're greasing the skits for this thing to send to the cancer patients because these two the the vaccine from Moderna and the Merck drug Keytruda, 44% increase in survival rates for, for skin cancer patients. So they're trying to get this to the front lines of skin cancer therapy. Medical note that it's worth repeating electronic exercise tracking devices might be problematic. You know, as people have pacemakers and some of those implantable heart defibs, the smart watches and scales and the smart rings might be messing uh, electronically messing with those defibs. I'm Sergio Sanchez. You're listening to The Dana Show. We're broadcasting today from her Southern Command in South Texas. When you're stuck discussing politics with your friends, who's the most informed person in the group? Yep, you are. You're welcome. Listen, follow, subscribe. The Dana Show. I want to take the opportunity to, to lay out uh, what how diverse the president's cabinet has been, how diverse the president's administration has been. Uh, the cabinet is majority people of color for the first time in history. The cabinet is majority female for the first time in history. A majority of White House senior staff identify as female. Forty percent of White House senior staff identify as part of the racially diverse communities. And a record seven assistants to it's the president are openly insult. LGBTQ+. It's so, an insult. again, this it's is something that the president prides himself on. Oh, my God. Goodness. Welcome to the Dana Show. I'm Sergio Sanchez in for my amiga, Dana Lash. And if you want to say hello online, Sergio at KURV.com, at Sergio Talk on Twitter. Think about it, you know, Karine Jean-Pierre. Yeah, so you check the box on all the special interest groups and you bring in all these women and you bring in all the gay people and all the minority people and say, oh, look at this awesome team that we have on the field, and it's a loser. What an insult. What an insult. An insult to, first of all, the intelligence. I like to believe that most Americans, all independents and liberty-loving people in this country, and sadly these days, that is mostly all Republicans, and not to defend the Republicans, but it's like the only... You know, free-thinking people, people who love liberty, they love the market, they love being able to protect themselves, their property, their life, and to prosper and to keep the goods that they bring into this life. It's 
folks who are so-called conservatives, you know, independents in this country. These people, the, the folks who have been brought in by, by the, you know, this Trump, by this, um, this Biden White House, you know, 180 degrees compared to what Trump was like. And Trump was looking for qualified people. I, I don't know if everybody was, you know, I know there was like some family and uh, something like that, but man, you need to send your resume in. You better be, and, and this is one thing that I recall in just watching Donald Trump as a business guy, as a billionaire. He wants the best of the best surrounding him. He, he doesn't want you just because, you know, you check mark some special group, some minority. You put, a, you put a team on the field that represents all these different special groups, and it's a loser. It's an insult to the American people, liberty-loving people in this country, who have an ineffective, absolutely grotesquely incompetent government. And it's an insult to all many hardworking folks with what – I don't care what skin color they have. White, yellow, brown, red, it doesn't matter. If you are qualified for the gig – you deserve the job, and, and that's America. You work hard. You're qualified for the gig. You know what you're doing. You know what you're talking about. You deserve the gig, and you can make an argument for that. But just to simply put a team on the field because you're able to say, oh, these two or three are gay, these people are black, these people are Latinos, Latinas, or even with Latinx, whatever crap that means. It's a loser team. It's an insult to our country, the government that our, our families that we paid for, our children deserve. And it's an insult to all these folks and these special groups that want the attention and want recognition and want an opportunity. You didn't get it because of your qualification. You got it because, well, whatever box you represent. I found myself singing yesterday. And by the way, I got a conversation with a new friend that I've made in recent months. Her name is Dr. Paula Price. And she's a courageous defender of liberty in our black community, Dr. Price. For many years now, she's been fighting in the black community at the local level, trying to defend, uh, represent liberty values in our black community and in black churches. And she's still in it. She's still in the thick of it on the conservative side, trying to get business people in our black community and churches in our black community to live their values, to live American values, to defend their liberties. And I asked her about this whole nomination process for president, you know, speaking of Donald Trump, you know, why I believe that Donald Trump must be, has, he has to be the nominee this go around for the Republicans. Come hell or high water, win or lose, he's got to be your horse for the Republicans. And why I believe that Ron DeSantis needs to be his number two. And we'll t I'll toss that around here just uh, in a little bit. Oh, and, and in case I didn't mention, I, sh I should have mentioned this two or three times earlier. This is one of those headlines. I know Dana talked about it yesterday, but I'm talking about it twice today. And we should talk about it even more as often as possible. That study of there being no evidence that mask mandates did anything beneficial at all during COVID anywhere in the world. And I find myself repeating this, and I hope Dana keeps just pounding the sucker into the ground. And other folks in media, you copy, share, and send this everywhere. It's an Oxford University study, comprehensive study. That means it's big and reliable. Because Top of the Hour News isn't going to talk about it. For how many years did we go, Top of the Hour News, mask mandates are being put in place in this city, this state, 
court fights on mask mandates, X, Y, Z. Masks don't work. They never did. And anybody who pushed back on that all these all these months, we, they, have been vilified. New study saying that there is no evidence mask mandates that anything beneficial at all during the COVID season. Anywhere in the world. It's not just America. It's anywhere in the world. Comprehensive study by Oxford University. You know, that's across the pond over in England. No evidence that they masks made any difference. Isn't that crazy? The author is saying that politicians, policymakers, bureaucrats behind all these mask mandates at the local school districts, at the county government, at various state governments, they were convinced, manipulated by, quote, flawed observational studies. The fooled them into thinking that masking mattered. Go find it. Oxford University. Go find it. Masks Never worked. These policies, these mandates for masks did not work. Not a hill of being a difference. Found myself singing. Elon is our neighbor. I, I reference Elon Musk. Hey, neighbor. What's up, neighbor? Because he lives like right next door here in Brownsville. Right? He's got his star base. Man, I hope I can get Elon and, and Dana to talk sometime in the future. I want her to go visit Starbase. It's something. If you guys have never visited RGV of Texas, come to South. It's South Padre Island. Come down to South Padre Island, Brownsville. Go go see Starbase. Elon Musk. You're literally able to walk up your feet away, looking up straight up. All these rockets, the rocket farm that he has down here. So I I call him neighbor. Hey neighbor, what's up neighbor? Come and visit us here in South Texas. Go see the Elon rocket farm here on Boca Chica Beach. <laughs> but yesterday I was singing. Uh, how's that? Hey Elon, qué pasó? I thought we were your only vatos. Because he goes from Austin, sends back to California some of the operations that he brought to Texas because of COVID. COVID didn't open up. Talk about these tone-deaf policymakers, politicians, Governor Goodhart, Gavin Newsom in California, and everybody else, all these lawmakers in California, they kept California shut down, and that hurt his operation. Uh, Pruitt comes to Austin, comes to Texas. We got a gigafactory that's about a mile long. Man, I don't know what the future is for this gigafactory in Central Texas. It's to that point, and he calls it, what did he call it? Kind of a dual headquarter company. He's got operations over here, operations in Texas, operations in California. Man, it's like he wants his cake and wants to eat it too, like having two girlfriends. My goodness. All right, let me share this uh, conversation I had with uh, Dr. Paula Price on why Donald Trump must be the GOP nominee. Happy to welcome back to the program a political analyst. I love hearing from her. She is author of The Prophet's Dictionary and founder of Price University, the appropriately named Paula Price. Dr. P, good to talk to you again. So It is wonderful. Looking at the um, presidential run on the Republican side, a couple of days back I was reflecting on this, and I'm thinking, Donald Trump, in my opinion, he has to be. He, Republicans, they must nominate him as the candidate for president. We, we need to turn this page because one of two things. Either Donald Trump wins and brings back Amer- uh, an American first mindset for all department heads, for all agencies, and puts us on a four-year path toward prosperity, in my opinion, because we write the ship, 
during 180 degrees, border security, trade policy, environmental, energy policy, everything is America first. Great. And then, let's say, Ron DeSantis takes over after four years. So I'm convinced it has to be Donald Trump at the lead ticket, Ron DeSantis as Plan B, as vice president, and that way giving conservatives, liberty-minded folks, and independents who are more liberty-minded and conservatives, give us a chance to right the ship. What do you think, Dr. P.? Oh, I have to tell you, Sergey, I'm 100% in agreement with that. And I'll tell you, when people have asked me, because, you know, I am the uh, state committee, committee woman in my county for this, so this comes up a lot, and people are looking for answers. And I have to tell you, I 100% agree with that, but let me tell you why. I can go beyond opinion to the man's record. I said to someone recently, if, 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 I can, if someone can show me factually, not sentimentally, but factually, that this man failed America as the head of state, then I'm going to buy this. But if we're talking about sorority, fraternity, uh, antics, and dislikes, blackballing because you hurt my feelings, that's a whole other issue. And we need to begin to separate this issue for the people because the people don't know. Somebody, I mean, their hatred for Donald Trump is hearsay hatred. It is not yeah. that, oh, my goodness, he drove us into recession. Oh, my goodness, he did that. So my thought is that we need a strong critical thinking campaign for the public, for the voters, so that they can separate emotion from sentiment and they can separate someone's private agenda from their being weaponized as part of it. Those are the things that I think, and I feel like if we can do that in some really broad way, we can begin to write this ship because we can't write this ship with fussing and protest. We have to write this ship with critical thinking. Yes, ma'am. Thinking. We got critical race theory. We got critical theory, but we don't get critical thinking. And it's a battle of media as well. It's a battle of information and a th- disadvantage for liberty-minded and conservative folks in this country and that the corporate press does not properly communicate stories that it should. It does not cover events that are that are news as it should. And always, of course, the slant on the left, and it seems that they carry the water for the leftists in this country way too much. It's going to be up to the, for example, GOP or the Trump people. They need to properly communicate facts. And they got plenty of media, new media, social media. They got other outlets for them to properly communicate facts and put into perspective everything. If they say any lie, they hear any lie in corporate media, grab it, put it on the table, Mm -hmm. dissect it, and show it to the American people at rallies, on online media. Uh, People are paying attention. I do believe that independents and liberty-minded, American-loving independents are paying attention and will make a better decision. And, and, And if they don't, if they don't, let's say it's a Biden versus Trump rematch and they vote biden in again (laughs) well we deserve the government that we have we deserve four more years of pain and with desantis as the the number two to donald trump in in that effort well at least ron desantis can you know four years from now can or five years from now can say i told you i told you (laughs) Now, now it's time to think about us protect our country america first for our families for our kids for our future give us that shot four years down the road well you know that first of all i'll say that's my prayer and last night i was in uh, my county's gop executive committee meeting and i proposed that very thing and as far and, and each person doing it see 
doing it nationally is wonderful what Donald Trump can do nationally, but we need to, and we've discovered that in our county, every county in the Republican Party needs to do, take on that same um, suggestion that you just had. Because what people don't realize is that the, uh, the, the real people heartstrings puller is not him alone. And so that's the first thing. The second thing is uh, if, if, if we have a Biden, first of all, it, is a, it stuns me. Let me go on. You can see I'm very disturbed about this. But it, it stuns me that we could be losing our country, losing our homes, losing our businesses, losing our family, losing everything. And with all of this mounting of cascading losses, you're telling me that this man deserves four more. He didn't deserve the first four years. And now we're going to give him four more when we can see the fruit of his presidency? That is really, to me, there is a seduction there that we don't understand, and there's a propaganda machine that is working against Donald Trump to destroy America because he's only going to be president four years. Now, at the end of four years, if he isn't, then well, we have a America, and I'm of the opinion, plus I'm of the visions, that we won't even have the United States in four years. Because the whole goal was not to not to just embarrass Donald Trump. The real objective was to dismantle our United States. Yeah. And when you do, you can do, you can win that without fighting if you win the heart and not the mind. And I love the local emph- emphasis, Doctor Pollard, which is true. It goes. I'm thinking about here in, in South Texas and you, where you are at the local level, uh, participating. Uh, the local offices, uh, you guys need to register voters. You need to find them, your family, friends, and church members. And also, you need to find good people, uh, family protecting, taxpayer protecting, common sense advocating people at school board, for example. They'll start at the school, so you need to do that at the local level. This is a battle cry for common sense conservatives to stand up, and it's it's a battle right now. For the next two years, before the big sexy presidential election, you got to fight locally. Dr. Paula, it's a pleasure. Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. You're listening to The Dana Show, and as I've said before, at the local level, you become the bullpen for the state and national races, represent representation that we need. So, yeah, you feel a calling to serve, get your butt in there, fight for your country. I'm Sergio Sanchez. This is The Dana Show, reporting to you from her southern command in the RGV of Texas. Red meat, black coffee, truth-telling. The Dana Show. As always, a high honor. Thank you, Dana, for the call. If you want to say um, hi online, Sergio at KURV.com or on Twitter at Sergio Talk. And just a quick final thought. Think of it. Trump, DeSantis. They win, right the ship. In four years, DeSantis takes over. They don't. In four years, DeSantis still takes over, right? Have a wonderful weekend. Y'all take care. This is The Dana Show from South Texas.